0: Each year in June, the video game industry comes together in a massive joint effort to help three podcasters get very excited about a niche Japanese visual novel. Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. On this episode, it's time for E3, which stands for Everybody's Extremely Excited that Danganronpa is finally coming to Switch. Some other stuff happened too. Maybe there was a new Metroid game or something. I don't know, it's hard to remember. Anyway, let's discuss.
1: I'm Kirk Hamilton.
2: I'm Maddie Myers.
1: And I'm Jason Trier. And I just got a PR email titled, uh, Achieve the Ultimate Fantasy by Reading, which Whoa. I agree with. That's that I mean, yeah. definitely the That's actually
0: kind fantasy. of on brand for this podcast. It is. Uh, yeah, well, welcome to TripleClick.
2: Yeah, all right. welcome to our books podcast, Triple Where we click. like to read. <laughs> Where we click on a book. In our Kindle. I don't know. I guess you can click on a book these days. I started that joke and then realized it was possible. That
0: happens very often to me where I like start a joke about some futuristic thing and then realize that it is now possible. So that's actually very relatable. (laughs) Maddie, I'm amazed that you are able to talk as calmly as you're talking right
2: now. Speaking of all possibilities being possible, there's going to be a new Metroid game.
1: Yeah, I was going to say before Kirk Kirk (laughs) veered in a totally different direction, I was going to say, Maddie, I'm amazed that you're able to speak as calmly as you are because a Metroid game was just announced, but we will get to that.
0: Yeah, I was, I mean, I was segueing to the thing where we say that we're listener supported, but people know that. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join if <laughs> you want to become time. a member. We appreciate we have it. So yeah. much There's not E3 time to for that. <laughs> There's a new Metroid game that we have to talk about. Uh, E3 <laughs> just happened, so let's get going.
1: Well, we should say that the Beanscast for Final Fantasy yes. VI is hitting at the end of this month, and you can only listen to that if you're a MaxFun member.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm. people know that. Metroid. Everybody
2: Everybody already knows that. All
0: right. We are recording
1: this on Tuesday night. Nintendo's E3 showcase just happened. Mm -hmm. Maddie, we have to ask you first. You have to start us off because as a resident Metroid fangirl, how excited are you to see the first new Metroid game in what, 10 years, 11 years?
2: I'm very excited. It's also the first new story entry in the series because it's an actual new Metroid game with Yoshio Sakamoto who has written a lot of Metroid games, sort of a controversial figure because he's also written Other M. And I personally don't really care about Samus's story at all. I just want her to be completely silent and I want to explore a planet and fight some alien species. And you fight robots in this game too. That's cool. Sounds great. And I'm really pumped about it. I'm gonna backtrack. I'm gonna collect upgrades. I'm gonna <laughs> fight stuff with my blaster arm, my arm cannon. Yeah,
1: they said they were doing a treehouse live afterwards, and they very specifically were were like, "Oh yeah, you see this thing, and you can't. Uh, you have to come back to it once you gain the thing that lets you do it." And it's mm-hmm. like, oh man, Maddie's wow. in, in fantasy world stuff. right now. <laughs> Love to see something
2: I can't do right away, but then later I get something, and I'm like, oh yeah, that door I couldn't open now i can open
1: it all right so metroid aside um e3 is over e3 2021 we said last week we thought it was going to be a weird one turns out it was a really weird one um (laughs) virtual e3 it had its moments it had its hits it had its misses it had a whole lot of stuff um let's give some overall impressions on e3 itself this year before we start getting into the specifics kirk you want to go first what were your thoughts um and how much of e3 did you actually watch
0: I watched a fair amount of it. I watched maybe, you know, a few of the big press conferences, but not all of them. So I watched like UB and Microsoft. I skipped Square Enix, but caught stuff later and watched Mm -hmm. Nintendo just this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday. It was fun. I mean, I thought that I probably had the most fun watching the Microsoft show just because there was a lot of new stuff, even though Nintendo also had some cool announcements. I wasn't as excited about all the Nintendo announcements, but I mostly had fun. Mm -hmm. And I will just say shout out to everybody in the Triple Click Discord who was just in our like, live watching channel. It was really fun to just get in there and sort of you know, joke around with people while watching the <laughs> streams. It was kind of like like the kind of thing I would have done on Twitter, but it was more fun to have a sort of smaller room with people where you can actually hear what everybody's saying and everyone's chiming in. Uh, that was really cool. You're not cool. just
1: talking at people. Yeah, mm. Kirk, it's funny. I think you are the ideal E3 experience because you didn't watch any of the stuff between the big right. conferences, especially the stuff on Monday. And to give my overall impressions, it's like if you, if you just watched... The big ones, then you probably got a decent experience. I mean, obviously not as many massive announcements as like sure. your your average E3
0: because of COVID as and we were saying. Like everything leaked pretty much. So there were almost no surprises. Right.
1: That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, most of the stuff leaked. Um, but like the stuff in between all that was just miserable. And it was like all I'll <laughs> props to the people who like there were some cool, smart people doing segments and media segments and interview segments and blah blah blah. But like it was very much like E3 decided we gotta appeal. To the um, well, actually, two things. I mean, a, a large part of it was E3. Deciding we got to appeal to the teenage demographics, we got to bring on all the influencers to talk about like who they most want to have dinner with in the video game industry and stuff like that. So that was one one giant chunk of it. Fun. The other chunk was like these scheduled events from game companies that were clearly not prepared to do E3 events. So mm-hmm. like, um, Capcom, for example, they just showed some games that like everybody knows that are coming out <laughs> in the next two months, and it, everyone was just miserable. Um, um, uh, uh, some some companies got to have advertisement. like Verizon had an hour long segment that was just an advertisement for Verizon it was really ridiculous yeah. um, and a lot of the stuff was just a, such a waste of time I really felt like like I felt obligated to watch it because of work because I was covering it and I just felt like it had no respect for my time whatsoever yeah,
2: yeah me too I watched a lot of it because of work and there were a lot of streams like the take two interactive stream is another example where it was mm. like entirely about corporate responsibility and there was this sort of panel with a bunch of diversity and inclusion experts, which sounds pretty cool, but like if you're By panel, you mean
1: Zoom call to be specific. It really felt like you were watching an office Zoom call. It
2: was an office Zoom call, but it was also like you can't really go deep at all on that topic in like a 40 minute officially sanctioned E3 stream, but also people were clearly expecting news about Take-Two games and that's absolutely not what Uh they were getting from this, so just the chat (laughs) was really mad and it was just like if you guys didn't have anything to prepare here, then that's fine, but maybe Just signpost that that's what you're doing. Like, don't Mm -hmm. make it seem as though this is going to be a panel about who knows what, and then trick people into watching a Zoom call of just like a bunch of corporate people. And it's it's such a
1: missed opportunity because usually when you're watching E3, you are watching, like if you're at home, I mean, we're usually at E3, at least me and Maddie. But when you're watching from home, you're watching the GameSpot stream or the IGN stream and they're just bringing on developers constantly to be talking about stuff. And that's so much more interesting than what we got from this year's E3 where like there was a great opportunity there to bring on, even if the developers are just there to hype the games, it's just so much more watchable and interesting than the nonsense we actually got. Kirk, you were saying something before?
0: Oh yeah, I read uh, Nathan Grayson's article I could talk to you about how Twitch chat was just a disaster on every single stream because no one yes. seemed was. prepared to moderate which I yeah. hadn't been watching and it's funny it's like the opposite of the experience of being in the triple to click Discord with you know whatever number of people but a manageable uh-huh. number of people where everybody's being cool that was so cool it is a shame that you couldn't just go watch on some stream and have at least a sort of similar experience to that I did get the sense that there were some like indie game streams or some indie games announced did you guys catch any of that a stuff? So, a stuff outside of E3 well, so, yes, that's um, true too. There was like yeah. the okay. Gorilla Correct Collective
1: and the Wholesome Games, and those neither of those were actually on E3. e you had an indie showcase that was pathetic. It was fifteen minutes long, and it was like f- it was actually like, thirteen mm, minutes. Games. Let's let's be um, exact here. <laughs> Okay, Maddie, you got it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the Xbox Showcase had a bunch of cool indies, which we'll get mm-hmm. into a little bit later. And but, the Devolver um,
2: Showcase had some. And the Devolver Showcase, games as well, yeah, that, that was cool.
1: really good. Um, that was yeah, that was really impressive. And Keeley Show had a few. uh, uh Indies as well, but that was not part of E3. Yeah,
2: like a little indie game called Ed- Elden Ring that I had never heard yeah, of yes. before. It was really cool Let's talk
1: about that. So that opened off the show. <laughs> Thursday was Keeley's big thing. He his big announcements were the Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Portland spinoff, which leaked, um, and. Elden Ring, which uh, there had been rumors of that showing up at Kili Sing before the show. So a lot of us expected it, I think. But it was still pretty cool to see. The trailer was awesome, I thought. Um, January release date, we'll see if they can hit that, but that to me is is very clearly uh, delayed a few times to January, and now we're confident in this January release date. And then, even more exciting with the trailer, there were interviews with Miyazaki, the director, afterwards, where he said some really cool stuff. There was one on IGN that I read that is worth checking out. Um, did you guys watch the Kili Thing? Any any thoughts or impressions of the Keely Show?
2: Yeah, I did watch The Keeley Show. I remember almost none of it other than Elden Ring, even though I helped cover it for work and edited multiple stories about it, including probably a highlight post. I'm not sure what that says about Keeley's show, Uh, but I do remember watching the Elden Ring trailer and then watching it multiple times afterward because I thought it was really cool. I know some of the early reactions to it were people who were kind of disappointed that it just looks like Dark Souls, which I think for the people who were expecting something really different I don't know why they were expecting that, but I guess if you were expecting something really different from Dark Souls then you would be disappointed by that. I was expecting <laughs> I guess Dark Souls with some George R. R. Martin George R. R. frosting on top of it. And that looks like it's yeah. exactly what Elden Ring is going to be. And then also you can jump in the game and there's a horse that you ride. And those are presumably the things that George RR Martin quickly added during a cell phone call with Miyazaki at some point <laughs> in the process. He was like, there, there should be a horse in there. And uh, um, that's uh, that's how that got in. So I'm excited. A couple
1: of things. And then Kirk, I'll let you ch- chat. I just wanted to add a couple of things that were actually announced. Death Stranding, PS five yep. metal slug tactics a tactics game in the metal slug franchise um uh, salt and sacrifice which is a sequel to salt and sanctuary that old game by scott studios um uh, I thought this was hilarious. In the middle of it, there was a trailer for Tales of Arise, which is a game that's coming in September, a new JRPG. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if Namco only agreed to do Elden Ring if they <laughs> if, if Keely agreed to put a Tales of Arise trailer in there too. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty uneventful show other than Elden Ring at the end. Kirk, any, uh, what were you going to say?
0: um so I did not really watch this stream I basically turned it on right before Elden Ring which seems like it was a good way to go I do have uh-huh. to say that I really <laughs> appreciate Keeley's enthusiasm when he's a yes. host he really gets into it and he was so excited to debut Elden Ring and it was yeah. just cool like how stoked he, he was, was like
2: tweeting all night he was like guys mm-hmm. it's coming he was yep. like doing a countdown uh-huh. as though he himself thought it was the most interesting thing in his right. show and I was like well I guess we're all on the same page here. Yeah, really. I, I, so I
0: liked that. Um, I liked the Elden Ring trailer personally. Uh, the theme appears to be yeah, I arms. It was great. Um, I think that their the design theme is arms. So arms on mm-hmm. everything. Put more yep. arms on things, which is cool. It's actually a
1: sequel to Nintendo's
0: Arms. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, they're going to have some boxing matches. Um, I noticed that there was not a single shield in sight on any of the on any of the playable mm. characters. Like there were people with double two ended swords, but it really looked like a much more sort of aggressive, dodge-centric kind of a game, which I'm into given how great the combat system in Sekiro is, despite it being maybe a a little bit hyper-focused. They could kind of relax Mm -hmm. a little. I wonder what that combat system is going to be like. There is stamina, they've confirmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm going to... Mention um in the IGN interview, which I think is the only big interview yeah, I um, think it is. with yeah. Miyazaki that I've seen. I think I've just seen everybody sourcing that. He mentioned yep. that there would be stamina, but that it would be like play a diminished role and that they're gonna have kind of skills that you unlock across weapons, which mm-hmm. is also Sekiro style. So I'm interested. Yeah. I do get I think when people say it looks like Dark Souls, they mean like the art style just really looks like Dark Souls, which, like, FromSoft definitely has a consistent art style across all of their games. That's just sort of the way the rags look, the way the hair looks, the way the wind blows through things. It just looks a certain way. But it does, you know, dark fantasy, like... Dark Souls like Mm -hmm. I can kind of see why given that they have occasionally branched out with Bloodborne and Sekiro people might be like oh well (laughs) but then again right what did you expect it's like they're yeah
1: well also some of the enemies seem pretty Bloodborne-ish to me in that trailer there's some eldritch uh horror yeah these
0: things tend to get cosmic the farther you get into them and there's so much to Uh see clearly but yeah I mean I'm gonna play the hell out of that game and I can't wait (laughs) for it to come out Yeah,
1: Yeah. I'm excited. I think I'm gonna go through all the Souls games uh, uh, beforehand. Um, All right, let's get into E3. So E3's showcases the big ones. We'll we'll just we'll skip the take two intro. As much as I know, people out there want to hear us like delve (laughs) into the Verizon conference. and the Capcom, um, although Capcom did show The Great Ace Attorney, which is the they game I'm most they excited did. about this year. So, hey, <laughs> a lot of visual novel representation in the C3. 3 um, Alright, Ubisoft, uh, not a lot to show from them. They made it pretty clear, and I think I mentioned on last week's show that they didn't have a lot to show. Um, Far Cry 6 was a big one, which I will certainly play. Um, Gus Fring, I'll, I'll play anything he's in. Rainbow Six Extraction was another big one. Co-op, alien, zombie, shooter thing. Yeah. Mario and Rabbits 2, which leaked Nintendo actually leaked that themselves that morning by putting up the eShop listing early, a few hours early. So Mario Rabbits too, which is cool. And then their big one more thing moment was a look at the Avatar game, which is like a reminder to everybody that Avatar exists. Um which I, never means that movie, I never forgot the movie. I, I <laughs> If you guys, do you guys remember last week we were talking because I was talking about some of the Ubisoft games and I was like the Avatar game they're not allowed to show until like they're ready to start talking about the movie and stuff so I assume this means that the movie is actually like, in, like done in production or like well into production and they feel confident about it coming out next year because otherwise they wouldn't be able to talk about the Avatar game which I mean which makes sense with this because like they're I, I know that their schedule for that is like very tied to James Cameron and like James Cameron gives permission over all things Avatar and sure. that sort of thing so um, yeah so what did you guys make of the Ubisoft soft show. Maddie, you want to start?
2: Sure. I mean, it, it seemed fun. I Mario and Rabbids, I'll play that. That seems cool. Rainbow Six looked really samey to me, but I feel like I've seen a lot of alien games where like a lady is covered in goo and then you have to fight her and she has tentacles, but (laughs) that doesn't mean that it won't come out and I'll find out that it's actually really cool and fun. And then I'll play it a bunch of my friends. That's always a possibility. Maybe this is the Far Cry that I finally play. I do like Giancarlo Esposito, but I feel like every Far Cry game is like really cool box art and then the actual game is another Far Cry game. An avatar. I'm not Kirk. Kirk's Hayman's, giving you a death so stare right now. Kirk I'm not does. gonna play Avatar. No, there's
0: there's some <laughs> myth that I like think Far Cry is the pinnacle of game design, but that is not true. Well, you think Far Cry Two is the pinnacle? No, no, no. Of game
2: okay, when I say Kirk is going to play it, I don't even mean he'll enjoy it. I just mean he's going to play it. That's yeah. all. I'm I'm merely stating a fact, which is that Kirk will play Far Cry Six. I don't know why. He no,
0: right. I was that. I was more reacting to Jason saying that I was giving you a death stare for saying that you wouldn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> like that's fine. I haven't loved a Far Cry game in a pretty long time, actually. Mm, fair yeah, enough. you're
2: just you know married to the series for some reason i
0: just liked far cry too
1: yeah i kind of maddie to your point i kind of feel like it's it's a waste of like a studio as talented as massive to be working on a friggin' avatar game i know a lot of those people are going to go on to work on star wars and that's a lot more exciting to me than like friggin' avatar but hey i mean maybe they think it'll make a bunch of money because the first avatar movie made a bunch of money kirk what were your thoughts on the ubisoft conference in general
0: yeah i wonder how their first how ubisoft's first avatar game did when it came out lining up with the movie, like, there is this weird thing with Avatar where there's a, there are people who, like, really, really want to live in that world and to, like, mm. embody it. And it because the movie is about the promise of taking on this new incredible body that you can then explore this new incredible world in and, like, leave your old life behind, like, that's all video game shit. Like, it's all very video games. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it lends itself to a video game in a cool way, even... Yeah, I just don't know. I wonder what that game will be like. Um, Overall, I don't know. Um, Far Cry 6 doesn't have me very excited. Like, I kind of got sick of Far Cry 5. I played a little bit of that... What was it called? The, like, post-apocalyptic one that came out after that that was cool, but I was just like, oh, my God, like, if I unlock one more, you know, upgrade point by clearing out a compound of dudes, I was just like, (laughs) I just don't care anymore. Like, this stopped being super interesting so long ago. So, I don't know. I actually kind of thought that the... um, The intro was a little weird, like there was just some Uncanny Valley stuff um, with Giancarlo. It just didn't, I don't know. And it's like that same thing. It's the exact same intro as Far Cry 4. Um, I saw someone saying Far Cry 4, the best Far Cry. I think I've kind of maybe come around on that in some ways as much as I love Far Cry 2. Far Cry 4 is a pretty good game. I really like 3. 3. Man, three doesn't hold up though. Like, it's four is a superior game in a lot of ways, anyways. Well, just because
1: what's his name? Voss is a yeah, Voss is cool. By the way, fun fact uh, now the villains of Far Cry 3 and 6 are both major characters in Better Call Saul. And uh,
0: oh, that's true, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, there's some, some good actors have worked on these games. Um, and then Rainbow Six Extraction, totally a game that could be really good only because Rainbow Six is current iteration has really sick mechanical stuff and a lot of really Mm -hmm. cool variety and it's way more like tactical and positional and smart and i could kind of see a like zombie defense game where you're really quickly setting up like perimeter defenses as you move around Mm -hmm. using that game's mechanics being super cool so that one actually i watched that i was like okay like it is another game where you're just shooting there were a lot of games where you're shooting aliens or zombies with the team but i was like i could see this having a distinct spin so i guess we'll we'll see well, mm-hmm.
1: so this feels like it's co-op stealth, which I think is
0: interesting. I don't think
1: uh, which is Rainbow Six. I haven't style. played. Right? Uh, yeah. Is that is it usually? Is there usually a lot of stealth in Rainbow Six uh, games? I don't know. I've never played. Mm-hmm. Rainbow yeah, games.
0: Rainbow Six is so it's like in the Tom Clancy universe. Like Splinter Cell mm-hmm. is the pure stealth game where you're a guy who sneaks around. Um, Ghost Recon is like outdoor stealth where you're like a army team that sneaks around in the woods Rainbow 6 is like a SWAT team kind of stealth so it's like got it what well, it used to be like making a plan and then breaching a room and trying to like minimize casualties and stuff it's become a little more action based than that and they kind of lost their way remember like Rainbow Six Patriots the one where they had that big trailer with the bomb on the bridge that then never became a game it kept getting delayed I went to like a huge press event for this in San Francisco oh, yeah it was so well, weird I, well, like, I
1: remember it getting cancelled yeah. yeah so I think it became siege in some way or it did. Like, I, don't I don't remember the specific. So
0: they've kind of lost the single-player thread on that, and now they're like, and let's make it a zombie or alien game. And it's like, okay. Right. So that's kind of right. where we're right. at now.
2: Which is also like inspired by a specific part of Siege, like a gameplay mode that people really liked, is what was spun yes. off mm-hmm. into Extraction, which... Sure. Yeah. Why not?
1: Well, what's interesting? This game has an interesting dev history because it's like the team that was originally working on that game, Pioneer, that was teased in Watch Dogs 2, and then got canceled. And so there's a whole lot of history behind <laughs> right behind the this game, game that you
0: steal from Ubisoft in San Francisco in uh-huh, Watch Dogs yep. 2. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And they were
1: teasing that, and then it turned out to not actually become a thing, which is which is. I love how Ubisoft puts
0: their own games in their games. Like how you'll read an email thread in Assassin's yeah. Creed, and it'll have like yeah, yeah. like concept art from some Ubisoft game. <laughs> The Ubisoft universe. Cool. The Ubiverse. The grand yeah. Ubiverse. Let's
1: move on. Microsoft had a big show. I thought they had a pretty good show on yeah. Sunday. They started off with Starfield. As we talked about last week, they had that specific release date that I think was further than people expected from the, the rumors, November eleventh, 2022. Um they had Stalker 2, lots of Game Pass stuff. Halo Infinite showed up, although there was barely anything from the campaign. I think there was like a, a ten second shot of a cinematics from the campaign, yeah. which I think says a lot so about yeah, that I, game's still development. Still no release um, date either, which is supposedly coming
2: out this year. But uh, isn't it?
1: It's funny that Halo Infinite oof. they won't commit to a holiday release date, and Starfield they will commit to a holiday release date for the next holiday, which I think <laughs> says a lot about game development. It's like Halo Infinite. Maybe it says a lot more about Halo Infinite's development. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Outer Worlds 2 got announced as one of the best cinematic trailers we've ever seen. That kind yeah, of parody fun. of cinematic trailers. Um, tons of cool-looking indies. That, for me, was the highlight of this show. Um, Atomic Hearts looks really good. 12 Minutes looks so cool, and that's coming out in August. We will definitely be playing that and talking about it in, in this show. Replaced got announced, and that game looks gorgeous. That is like this cyberpunky 2D um, sort of just incredible-looking game. And then they ended the show with Redfall, which is the new game from Arcane Austin, Makers of Prey. Um, And it's a big vampire co-op game coming out next summer. What did you guys make, Kirk? I'll start with you. What did you make of the Microsoft conference?
0: Um, I, you know, will play Starfield when it comes out. It uh, really bothered me. <laughs> I think we all will. It, it really bothered yeah. me that the sandwich was just sitting there on the counter with a single bite <laughs> taken about out that of it. That. We've discussed this a the bit, show but, and it's, G-chat. Yeah. but it's really gross. If you're gonna fly in a spaceship, you need to clean up your food before you do it. There's just gonna be like mayonnaise all over the equipment.
1: <laughs> hey, Kirk. Hey, Kirk. You see that sandwich?
0: you can eat it <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can go to that sandwich and then you can eat it <laughs> the magic wow. of, of next gen game development um outer worlds 2 the outer world strikes me as a series that could like nail the tone better on the sequel so i'm excited for I hope that, so. that was yeah, something I, think I think we were all a little mm-hmm. a little down on the first it one, was yeah. but we also i think I, I it was a common sentiment that i at least felt was like this seems like it has a lot of promise and they just didn't quite get the like the mix right on this one. So hopefully that'll be cool. Um I've 12 minutes has been in the ether forever. I remember like Steven oh, yeah. Totillo Years. doing a preview yeah. of that. This is this like top down time loop game where like there's a murder and you're trying to f- figure it out. I think mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe is. They have this like killer voice cast. Mm-hmm. And Daisy Ridley. Right. And yeah. Daisy Ridley. And
2: James McAvoy. Right. it? James McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah. Killer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that looks just really yeah. cool. It's
2: just the three mm-hmm. of them. It's like it's yeah. a three hander. It's very like theatrical. Right. It's like a play. Because, it's, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all in it's one. It's a play. Room. A time loop play yeah Yeah. kind Mm -hmm. of yeah it looks cool and it's also on game pass i mean that was what was so exciting for me about this was how many of these Mm -hmm. games are just going to be on game pass but anyway Mm -hmm. i'll Mm -hmm. let you keep going
0: oh um and then redfall looks cool i think it's funny i keep talking to people who get their arcane studios mixed up where like arcane leon is the arcane that makes dishonored and is making Deathloop, and arcane austin Mm -hmm. is the arcane that made prey and is now making redfall so it's like they're they're you know the same studio but they're different studios the same brand different yeah. studios so that's like worth mm-hmm. keeping in mind this is just different mm-hmm. people that are making Deathloop and it looks cool it, uh that trailer also it reminded me of Left 4 Dead in that it was the cinematic trailer that showed what were clearly a bunch of discrete game mechanics in action that very first Left 4 Dead trailer that basically showed the entirety of Left 4 Dead in a like five minute cinematic trailer I always thought was really cool and this reminded me of that so it was fun mm. trying to tease out what the game will be like but then again you know they didn't show the game or it's not really clear like what it's going to be. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: can see the kind of remnants of Zenimax deciding a few years ago, Hey, we need more games as a service. And what's interesting is that now they're part of Microsoft. So we're seeing right now, the games that were decided on three, four Mm -hmm. years ago, now they're part of Microsoft. Now suddenly it's all about game pass. Microsoft, does not give a shit about games as a service as much as they care about getting cool stuff on Game Pass. Seems like a way
0: better incentive to me.
1: Yeah, well, so it'll be interesting to see, like, Bethesda moving forward. Like, what if the Arkane Austin guys want to make Dishonored 3 after this or want to make Prey 2? And Microsoft's like, sure, like, the first game might not have sold well, but we don't care. We just want this to to sell Game Pass. So it's really exciting. I would love it
0: if they made Prey 2. That would be... Fantastic. So
1: that's well. That's what's really exciting to me. Mostly, people look at the Beth- Bethesda acquisition in two lenses. One, consolidation, which we've talked about, which sucks. The second is the console wars, which I could not care less about. But the third thing I think is the creative vision aspect of it, and how under ZeniMax they were a lot more. Um, I don't want to say cash strapped because ZeniMax was a very rich company, but like they had to. Pl- they had to follow the whims of the market in a right. way that they're I don't not think Microsoft they have to do as much now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so maybe they will have the freedom to make. Games that they weren't able to make under Zenimax. So I'm very curious to see how Redfall is, and then also what they do moving forward.
0: It's really the dream of anyone creative is to be bought by someone with so much money that you can just do right. whatever you want. Finally, yeah, because so the they're problem like not paying
2: is paying attention e- to you, really. Yeah, that's the what problem really is when that,
1: uh. when that happens. It's like it's great for like four years, and yeah. Like, and then suddenly they have a shift in like mm-hmm. their corporate yep. middle management, and suddenly someone's looking at you and saying, "Wait a minute, why are we paying for this? people?" And then you're again? like, "Wait a
0: minute, why did I sell the thing that I had control over?" Yeah. Fuck, what have I yeah, done? Yeah, anyways. yeah, anyways,
1: unless, unless you're sold to private equity and then come in and fuck things up immediately, which, oh, I thought uh, you were gonna say, and then it's fine,
0: yeah, <laughs> that everything great. turns
1: it's out that great. great. Yeah, yeah, speaking of of co op vampires, private equity companies, um, oh, oh hey,
2: Bada-bing.
1: Maddie, what did you think of the Microsoft conference?
2: Um, I thought it was really fun. I feel kind of sorry for Halo Infinite, but it's fine, they'll be yeah. fine. Maybe they should cancel it, I don't know. I know, it's too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> the multiplayer looks good I'm sure the multiplayer will be be great I will end the thought there Starfield, I will also play it. I'll eat the sandwich. That'll be great. Very excited about Game Pass for all of these games. Just in general, I feel like twelve mm-hmm. minutes is the epitome of an indie game that would be kind of a, a tough sell for the average person because I'm sure it'll cost like fifteen dollars or something like mm-hmm. that, and people will be like, "Really? Should I pay?" For really, this it's only twelve. Minutes? Why would I pay for? Yeah, and it's only twelve minutes long. <laughs> yeah, and but if it's already on Game Pass, like that's the kind of low risk uh, startup for a game that just I think really yes. helps. Is like, oh, yeah. it's already here. I can just click and and play it and I think that's really neat and then also redfall I just thought the trailer was freaking awesome I have no idea yes. what that game's actually gonna be we already we had like expected it to be a battle royale because that was what all the rumors were about it and that was what we had pre-written and i remember mm. us frantically removing oh, all references to that when we like had to write out <laughs> our news so post about redfall and the Fall. art
0: style had a little bit of fortnite did, energy which yeah. i like wasn't wild about like the art was yeah. a little bit i feel like at too... one point
2: in development it may have been that and like yeah. we had heard that at some point and like <laughs> i i'm really curious about what the development was for that game and i'm sure we'll find sure. out eventually uh-huh. um but yeah it's tough cuz i i'll get really excited about cinematic trailers like starfield or redfall and then it be like that's not the video game like of of that is showing anything and that was made by people who don't work at the studio most of the time like usually they're outsourcing that and being like can you just make something cool that looks kind of like this and we'll show you some concept art and it's like well yeah you call up blur you say hey blur yeah make this trailer (laughs) yeah so yeah it looked great but uh
1: starfield it's worth noting starfield's trailer they said was in engine oh fair enough Okay. Which doesn't mean that's what the game is going to look like. <laughs> no, it just means no, it that does they not. were <laughs> capturing it in their real-time engine. Yep. Um,
2: Did you see that interview where somebody like, mentioned that you can climb a ladder in the trailer to Todd Howard and he like immediately backtracked and he was like, like, I'm no, not no, confirming no. that you can actually <laughs> climb a ladder in the game. I yeah, was like, yeah, nothing yeah. in this trailer is real. <laughs> is so it's so all smoke and gas. There That's was funny. also
1: someone asked him about Tom Cruise being in it because apparently yeah. there was this rumor floating around that Tom Cruise was going to start. Yeah, start I saw that off.
2: too. I didn't even hear that rumor. Which so is it was like, funny to see people being that, like, "Don't worry, he's not in yeah. it." Yeah, doesn't like, seem
1: okay. like Tom Cruise's next big step. It's funny because <laughs> the Bethesda Game Studio games always have some celebrity, whether it's like Ron Perlman or uh, Patrick Stewart in, in Oblivion, um, or who was it in Skyrim? Liam Neeson was it in Skyrim? Uh, and they always like show up at the beginning and then die or something like right, that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it was um, Liam yeah, but or yeah, no. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Starfield. The rumors for that game really got out of control. Yeah, <laughs> um, people were saying uh, there was one rumor that I saw that kind of w- was what triggered me to start reporting on this. Was um, it's been done and they've just been sitting on it for this <laughs> uh, year. That was yeah. that was a rumor I saw. That it's people, just going to come right believe out. Believe this shit? Yeah, yeah. This this game we're sitting we're sitting on this. Well, game. It's people done. people believe things they want to believe, and that would be really cool if that was I true. I think that's it. It's interesting. It's. Ding
2: we do live in a world where a 2D Metroid was basically done and being sat on for a really long time. I mean, sometimes, Starfield is too high of a scope for that to happen. But like every now and then there will be a game that's like, and you're going to get to play it today or like in a few months and that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, but done (laughs) is, is, is a different, like that 2D Metroid game is not done. It is being polished. No, it's more just like
0: understanding the thinking that could lead someone to believe that or to want to believe that enough to just believe it.
1: That's the thing. It's all wishful thinking. That, well, that's what's Exciting about E3. E3 yeah. is all about wishful thinking and people. It's it's more exciting pre E3 is way more exciting than during or post E3 because like pre E3 it exists in your head. It's like oh my god, Nintendo could announce anything tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Speaking of things that are more exciting before they actually happen, Square Enix did their show.
2: <laughs> yeah, and
1: their big did. thing was Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm sure. Um, I mean, I thought it looked good. A lot yeah. of people didn't, I, I, I guess reactions were kind of mixed. Um, yeah. but that was their big show. I like that. It's starring Adam Conover as star Lord. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought it was, overall. uh, well, the, the credit actually said a Ryan Seacrest, <laughs> Ryan <Orion> Seacrest type. <laughs> That's Amazing. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guardians of the galaxy. I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, and I'm happy that it's like a single player action movie style game. I don't think it's going to be like game of the year or anything, but I, bet it's going to be fun. And sure. it's the day sex people. Like they make good games. Um, I don't know how many of those people are actually still left but hey um, and then the Final Fantasy collection that we were talking about a little bit last week turns yeah. out to not be a collection it's individual remasters of each game we don't really know anything about it because their announcement of it was after so Guardians of the Galaxy in this showcase was like 20 minutes long yep. and then they gave about 20 seconds to this Final Fantasy <laughs> remaster collection and then like it was over without even showing it. anything. They're like scrolling through it the was...
2: titles like as though they're on fire and they have to get away from them I was like what what is happening and it was so on. funny. It was yeah. so funny. Bizarre. Um yeah,
1: so they announced that it was coming to Steam and mobile. Yep, um that's which it. No really console. just So, I think it's safe to say um let's call this Educated speculation that it's coming to Switch and consoles at some point. Um, I don't know why they just announced it for mobile and Steam.
2: <laughs> just to bother people because people were so angry at that announcement, like the fact that it was so short and de-emphasized, and only Steam and mobile. Like I saw a lot of reactions. Maybe
1: the that. timing is like they're for only first releasing it on Steam and mobile, and then they're going to release it on consoles and Switch and stuff later. I thought my theory at first was that they were going to announce the Switch version of the Nintendo Direct, but they didn't do that. Um, yeah I don't know maybe we'll find out maybe it'll make sense later I don't know it's just a very Square Enix thing like Square Enix does things that just make no sense um, yeah I, I just don't know I just have no idea um, and then they announced Final Fantasy Origin which had been rumored um, the the sole Neo people making a Final Fantasy game and I think the rumors got people really hyped up and then the trailer was just like oh my god this well, and is, this is mess.
0: and not the Neo people right this is a
1: yeah, separate team that...
0: at Team Ninja so
1: right okay Team Ninja a different team team, not the Neo team. Well,
2: that was part of what the rumors were, right? Right. People thought it was going to be the Neo team working on it, and then it was just this other team. Yeah, Yeah. The rumors,
1: it's worth saying the rumors were a little bit off base, which I think was a really bad thing. Like, usually I'm all for rumors. Rumors are great, but in this case it was pretty (laughs) bad because the rumors got that part wrong and also got wrong that it was a PlayStation exclusive and some other stuff wasn't quite right from the reporting that was out there. But yeah, we saw it. The trailer was really disappointing. I will say um, first of all, they released a demo after the show. The demo was broken. You can actually download play oh, really? it. You downloaded it and it said it was corrupted for like 24 hours. But yeah. when I finally got to play the demo on Tuesday morning, um, it's actually pretty good. The combat's pretty good. Nice. Kirk, it's very much up your alley, I think. It's yeah. like very much like elaborate action combat. It feels there's some soul stuff to it and that there are bonfires and like limited potions and stuff like that. And it's got a good level of difficulty, but the action feels more almost devil may cry ish. Like, kind of there's a lot like. of elaborate combos and stuff you can do. Yeah. So I'm actually pretty optimistic about the game, despite the ridiculous tone and shouting chaos and stuff like that, which is just also very devil
2: may cry. Actually, like I was like, this has a lot of devil may cry vibes, like the it weird does. outfits yeah. that are kind of like normal clothes, but like with something off about them and everything yeah. was, you know, dragging the outfits for being like too casual for final fantasy and so on and so forth but
1: well what's funny is that you actually equip armor in the game and it it shows so it's not like you're just wearing a t-shirt the whole time like the the trailer yeah you don't have the game itself is more impressive than the trailer i gotta say Mm -hmm. i was i was way more optimistic about the game after playing the demo it's nice to have that be the case when so often it's the opposite
2: True. Yeah. Agree. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I'm excited for for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm excited for Final Fantasy Origin. I'm, and overall, like, I didn't think that Square had the best show. Um, uh, we have talked about last week how we didn't expect to see Final Fantasy 16 there. I think it's pretty safe to say that Sony has got that shit on lock and that Sony will do something at some point. Like, I have no idea when, but they'll show Final Fantasy 16 because I don't think that game like we're going to see that game again this year for sure. I don't think it's that far away. Like, I would I would be shocked if that wasn't a 22 2022 game. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be latter half of 2022. I don't know. But I would be shocked if 16 didn't come out next year um, just based on what I had heard about it. Mm. Um, And yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kind of just a, a filler conference. And now we get to the big one. Nintendo. Folks, Nintendo really had a lot to show. I was I was impressed by Nintendo's showcase. They said they came came into it saying they were going to show 2021 games, and that they did. Other than Breath of the Wild 2, which got a trailer that we can talk about in a sec, they showed Metroid Dread, WarioWare, um, a new Mario Party. They showed Danganronpa coming to Switch, which I was like. Thank god for that because I just downloaded those games to to replay and now I'm like, oh great, now I can I can wait until it's they come to be Switch so and I'll replay it. I'm so much better on said. the Switch. I wish I'm i had said so that first
2: one not on Vita. I feel like I said <laughs> oh, that when yeah, I talked to you guys about it. I was playing it on Vita. Vita but, too, but now you have
1: two full games know, to explore. Oh man, I'm so excited. We're going
0: to we we're going to become a Danganronpa too. podcast for a few weeks there.
2: We were, not too long ago. Can I
0: just say on the on the Danganronpa tip that I always love it when I'm watching an E3 press conference? And the weird niche game that a lot of people don't know comes on, that's the one that I give a shit about. Because so often, you know, it'll be the trailer for like Slice Hearts 5, Shattered Dimension (laughs) and it's some anime shit. Project
2: Triangle Strategy. Yeah, sure. Hey, And you're uh, like, that's fine. Sure. Why not?
0: Project Triangle Strategy is awesome. It's gonna be great, but
2: it's not for you. Yeah.
0: I'm just, yeah, I'm watching it and I'm being like, this is somebody's shit. I just don't know what this is. (laughs) So then I like go get a cup of coffee and it's fun when Danganronpa comes on and I'm looking at it and I was just, I had a moment watching the trailer where I was like it's funny that I know that some people are watching this being like this is somebody's shit but not mine and in this case it is it is my shit. It is all it of is our is shit, shit really. So it that is. was exciting. There
2: were a lot of moments like that in here like I feel like the Advance Wars and like
1: mm-hmm. Cruisin
2: gets another game. I was gonna
1: say Advance Wars that came out of nowhere. There were rumors at least that I had heard there were rumors about Metroid and WarioWare, but Advance Wars I had not heard about. Yeah. So that was a fun surprise. Advance Wars I, th- I believe it's the first two games as a yeah. re- remake. Reboot mm-hmm. camp. And
2: then the, the series Cruisin' is getting a game on the Switch this fall, which, like, if you like the racing games Cruisin', which apparently a lot of people on my Twitter timeline do, because I saw a lot <laughs> of tweets of people being excited for Cruisin'. Shin Megami 5 got a release date, which is, like, mm-hmm. really cool for SMT mm-hmm. fans. I mean, these are all fandoms yeah, I'm like, not in, beforehand. but I,
1: so, yeah. I Fatal you know, Frame also respectfully
2: at them. Yeah, Fatal Frame. Yeah, f-
1: new Fatal Frame. That was uh, another out of Or, like, one. I
0: think that might be the Wii U Fatal Frame, actually. I believe I saw that um, somewhere where I thought it was new when I was watching it, but I didn't play the Wii Wii U ones, so it's new to me.
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and then we have to talk, of course, about Breath of the Wild too. So um, mm-hmm. one thing that that happened that I was disappointed in was uh, Eiji Aonuma, the producer of Zelda, coming out and saying this is it for the 35th anniversary of Zelda, and just doing like Skyward Sword trailer and then a game and watch for Zelda, which looks cool. Um, that thing could be cool. Yeah,
2: you didn't like the game and watch? I feel like that was <laughs> but that no, was a special. I was for Zelda really fans. disappointed.
1: There had been so many rumors floating around, and this is not stuff that I had personally corroborated and reported, but there had been so many rumors floating around about. Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD, and mm-hmm. I really was hoping to play those this fall. I don't know if they still exist and I'll come later, but like that, the lack of them was disappointing to to me. Um, but then there was Breath of the Wild too. We got another small glimpse at Breath of the Wild too, which it's worth noting. Nintendo says they are aiming to release in 2022. They use those that wording in the
0: press release. Make of that what? Hopefully, you they're using the uh, motion control aiming because aiming with this Joy-Con is not easy. Yeah, not <laughs> ideal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I was, I mean, I think just after hearing so many rumors of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, you know, expecting to hear them. But now that I think about it, it totally makes sense that they weren't there only because there's like another Zelda remaster coming out right. really soon. Right. And there's a long time, presumably, until uh, Breath of the Wild 2. So they could those could come if they're doing those they could come out at any yeah, point the thought that it
1: was the 35th anniversary but maybe nintendo said hey 35 who cares about our right, 35th yeah, anniversary? right they looked at they those, were like the kirk, kirk made a tier chart and <laughs> well
2: uh, they did decide to celebrate one of the two 35th anniversaries on the right. docket in just you Mario's, know it was just yeah. only no i'm talking about metroid man metroid. i'm talking oh, about Metroid. i thought well
1: but mario had a huge 35th anniversary <laughs> well, you're right. celebration you're that right. was the
2: thing You're right. Um,
1: But yes, Metroid. It's worth noting, by the way, we didn't mention before, but they said Metroid Prime 4 development was proceeding, which uh, I think means that game is still many years away. Don't count on that game for a long time.
2: I agree, and I feel like I could see it being in development hell forever because Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have have basically no expectations for Prime 4. I have very neutral stance on that. The Prime games are strange. Not every Metroid fan likes them. I like them, but I know that's not a popular opinion. So I actually feel like Mm -hmm. announcing another 2D Metroid game from... Mercury Steam, which people really like, Samus Returns, including me. So they're sort of a trusted 2D Metroid maker at this point. So I, I feel like it was a pretty big win for them to, yes. to announce something like that. So yeah, agreed. Easy. easy layup. So they
0: have these robots in this game that are this yeah. kind of new mechanic, this idea of this thing that hunts you down. They're
1: stalking you, yeah, like Alien Isolation style. Yeah, kind. I mean. I saw
0: someone comparing it to as that. Scary, as scary, yeah. As someone who played all of Alien Isolation, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like Alien Isolation because you aren't like, you know, peeing your pants yeah. with stress for whatever, Fair 20 enough. hours or however and long. And you can like is.
2: beat a boss and get an invisibility suit and then they just can't see you anymore and you're right. fine because you're is freaking Aaron and you're like right. going to be okay. But sure.
0: it is cool to introduce... I mean, anytime someone introduces a new idea to a series that's so established, just because I think of Metroid, I mean, I haven't played all of them, but it's usually kind of, pretty similar. They don't introduce big X-factor new things, like an enemy that you can't kill that's hunting you down, that you have to kind of puzzle-solve your way around and it's this sort of active antagonist. That's a cool idea, and that makes me think, okay, like the way you were talking, Maddie, about how this is an actual new Metroid game with, like, new Metroid story stuff. It's It's got new ideas, too, and that's exciting.
2: I know, and the rumors had been, like, okay, another 2D Metroid, but nobody had even dared speculate that it would be something like Metroid Dread, which had been on and off the table for, like, 15 right. years or something, like, supposedly this fusion sequel was going to happen but like it never did. And a lot of people were speculating it would just be a Metroid 1 remake that would like maybe also be by the Samus Returns developers, which would be perfectly fine. Like that game deserves a remake. Zero Missions already kind of a remake of it, but whatever. It's 2021. You can remake it again. So having it be a totally new game and also the like mythologized Metroid Dread finally happening is very cool. It's just mm-hmm. a cool thing for Metroid vets.
1: Yeah. Um before we break, we have to talk about Breath of the Wild 2 of course um didn't see a ton of that um it was like a 60 second long trailer they talked about they showed a few new mechanics um it it was made very clear first of all that you were playing as Link uh Link with long hair so there's some sort of time jump or some sort of alternate dimension type thing going on but it is like you are not playing as Zelda Zelda in fact fell down a pit in the trailer which is depressing (laughs) to see um (laughs) link has some cool new abilities at one point he's shooting fire out of his hand he has a hand that is like all gnarly and like restored by some power or another so clearly he's using that for cool stuff at one point he teleports up through like a a floor which is awesome a lot of sky stuff it feels like very much they they said that there's an entire world in the sky above Hyrule so that's going to be a major theme I guess that's why they're re-releasing skyward sword to set us up for skyward breath of the wild um (laughs) and yeah I mean certainly looks like more breath of the wild. What do you guys make of that? That new teaser we got.
2: I thought it looked really pretty. It was a pretty short teaser. I guess I was expecting it to be a little longer and more yeah. detailed about what the story was gonna be, and like a little more explanation about uh-huh. the world. Yeah. And it was mostly well, mechanical. That's why it's but that's clear fine you know. but that's
1: an e3 2022 thing i think is their yeah, blowout right. like the equivalent of what they did in 2016 for breath of wild one next year since this is definitely not an early 2022 clearly game, not fall yeah. at the at the earliest of next year this is like e3 next year blow it out like show us the first half hour
0: or whatever sort of like what they did with the first one yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm not drawing any conclusions from that That teaser—it was. I mean, who knows what the hell we were even seeing in that, or like when that happened? (laughs) It's like it clearly got time travel in it, so anything goes. So yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. just—it's true. I'm gonna play that game, and I'm excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just hope they do some sort of twist on Zelda, and she's not just like (laughs) fucking needs to be rescued again. You know, we
0: talked about it a lot about how this is a sort of once bitten, fool me once. Whatever the whatever the aphorism you want to go yeah. for is.
1: <laughs> once bitten, fool me once. That's, no, you that's know, like once bitten, twice <laughs> I, There's all these
0: aphorisms for this sort of thing where, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Lucy and the football, where it's always like, uh-huh. oh, this yep. is going to be the yep. one. Their first trailer showed And yep. when they showed that first, whenever that was, the first trailer with Zelda with her haircut, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're going to get a play as her. And I was like, okay, they're really going to do it this time. But now, you know, it's like the same arc where you're like, oh, maybe they're not. Uh-huh. And then you just it just uh-huh. keeps being a thing. And then, of course, you don't. So I'm. I'm just letting yeah. go of that, and I, we'll just up. see what happens. I've given let go of mid, it yeah.
2: for so long at this point yeah. that I no longer even expect it to happen. I mean, like, the people who work on those games have said so many disappointing things over the years about how, like, they don't see Zelda that way. And, like, I've read mm-hmm. so many interviews where they're just like, we're not interested in doing that at this time, that I've just become completely jaded about the prospect yep. of ever playing a Zelda. And anything other than spin-off games like, you know, Super Smash and Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors, et cetera, Warriors, yeah. et cetera. Like, of course, in, like, the games where everybody gets to fight, you get to be Zelda, but not the mainline Zelda games. Mm. That's just Link time. But his hair looks great. He looks it does. great. His wow. hair does. does look
1: great. And it's it's moving around. It's flowing. Yeah, looks. It's, speaking it's of Avatar, cool.
0: it looks like those floating mountains. That was cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Why don't we take a break and then we will be back with one more thing.
2: Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely, and yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge?
1: Yeah, uh, probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows, and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been
2: trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But well, let's be honest. This podcast is mostly about two... Friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here, but like in a smart way. Yeah, join
0: us every other week on Maximum Fun. Geniuses, Mr. Robo Man, what are you doing?
2: I'm just taking one last yeah. look at my co workers. Every journey. Comes to an end. Remember, Black. The space will be with you
0: always. Sorry, who are you again? Master Kieran. <laughs> oh right, 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 so calling in. <laughs> Friendships will be tested.
2: Doll, you have to do it. You have to shoot Black. Okay. Wow, you shot him so fast. Destinies will be fulfilled.
1: I've become a complete bird. I'm flying.
0: I'm flying.
2: (laughs) On April 28th, the saga starts concluding. Guys, we don't have a choice. We have to put on a show.
0: We can do it in the old barn. We've got the (laughs) costumes. We've got a stage. We can do it, you guys.
2: Mission. (laughs) to zix the final season on maximum fun
1: and we are back kirk Manny. and it's time for one more thing uno more thing kirk why don't you start us off
0: uh sure one day you're gonna really learn how to say one more thing in spanish (laughs) it'll be be a momentous (laughs) day um i am playing a video game that just came out Called Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. It's a PlayStation Ooh. 5
1: exclusive. Do you think that Rift Apart is supposed to be a pun on like riff ripped apart?
2: <laughs> Probably. It's because Because
1: Ratchet, Ra- Ratchet and Clank games, yeah, they're the they're so subtitles fun. are always like silly jokes. I mean a crack in time? Yeah.
0: Why? Crack Why in
2: time. Like crackin' is an adjective that modifies time. A crack in time.
0: Oh. I never thought about that before. This is uh-huh. me learning that it's a pun. I don't think that it's supposed to be ripped apart. Because he's not that's he's not saying that it's rift apart. So. also
2: the game is like very serious and sad, right? And it's like about found family and not ripping farts. I mean, no, I don't know. Okay. the game is not serious and sad. <laughs> it's okay, not okay. No? Let me no.
0: let me rewind here. So this is, is
2: it a, it about like Ratchet fighting his family or whatever.
0: I mean, so far it's it's been like a it's like a DreamWorks movie. Like I mean, oh, yeah, sure. it's like about friendship and stuff, but it's not like a sad game. Okay. It's like a okay. kids game. Sure. Um, okay, Fair so. Let me rewind. This is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. I'm playing a copy that was sent to me by Sony. I don't have a ton of familiarity with the series. I played a crack in time, which is, which was a Kraken time and also cool. featured a Kraken time. Um, but uh, it, it's, amazing looking. That's the thing about this game. Like, it's really, really fun. I really like it. Um, I am playing it primarily because it's one of the best looking video games I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's so incredible looking. There's three different options for playing this game on PlayStation 5. The one that everyone should go with, I would imagine, is called performance ray tracing, where they turn on ray tracing and have, like, dynamic resolution. And, like, Holy crap, it looks so good. So but it's still 60 frames a second as opposed yes, to 4K it runs which a, is 30 frames a second. Right. I would just never want to play this game at 30. So this is a character action game, Ratchet and Clank is a long-running series. You run around, it looks it's kind of old-fashioned in that way. It just you run through pretty limited environments. You have really goofy fights with lots of enemies. In Ratchet and Clank, you get all kinds of wild guns. There's like a gun that's Mm -hmm. a sprinkler that turns everyone into plants and freezes them in space. And then they like, you summon a, I don't know, like toadstool that fights alongside you and like shoot lightning. And you're just constantly switching to super crazy guns that get crazier as they level up. It's a big part of the appeal. In this one, it's all about um, dimensional rifts. So you play as Ratchet and you also play as a new character named Rivet, who is a girl Lombax, which is the sort of what, what Ratchet is, the type of animal, alien creature that he is. Um, he's always been the last Lombax. That's kind of the running thing. But now he goes to this parallel dimension where Rivet is the last Lombax. The two of them kind of cross over and they're like equivalents of one another. So they play the exact same. She just looks different. Um, but they, they have the same skills. So it's not like you're Totally switching between two different characters.
1: Rivet is, of course, Jennifer Hale. Proceeding mm, from there. Oh, well, so I
0: was—I was going to say, um, I was playing the game and like thinking, man, this voice actor really sounds like Jennifer Hale. <laughs> but it's—it's it's actually a real testament to Jennifer Hale's range. She's a great. She's, I think, one of the Powerpuff Girls. She has a great anime voice, and she does a good kid voice, like a much higher kind of totally up in her mask, little bouncy thing that she can do. That she's kind of doing for Rivet. I have been playing a lot of Mass Effect, which of course features Jennifer Hale doing a very different voice. That's more of her Jennifer Hale voice, her kind of lady protagonist voice where she, I think it was Tom Bissell who described her as pouring some cement into her voice when she needs to Mm. get a little bit harder, which I thought was a nice way of describing it. And um, just hearing her range in these two games is really cool. Anyways, it's an amazing looking game. They do a lot of stuff that shows off what the PS5 hard drive can do. That's kind of one of the things they're selling it on with this technology that you they load you between split dimensions super quickly and there are these mostly set piece sequences where you're flying through rifts and in the blink of an eye, you know, there's like a very brief moment in between. Suddenly you're just in a totally different place with like a whole environment loaded in. And then you fall through another rift and you're in a totally different place again with a whole new, you know, environment loaded in. It's like the sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy, I think in 2, where they like warp through all of those places super fast. And they're all like, it's kind of that uh-huh. sort of a vibe. Um, and it's it's really just a fun game in terms of gameplay. It's pretty in line with the series like it's not doing anything super wild and they haven't at least yet I'm like three or four hours in they haven't given me the ability to like switch Rift like to go from dimension to dimension on command the way that you get that ability in like Titanfall 2 or um, what Dishonored 2 like games that let you do that they haven't done that Uh yet I would imagine that may happen at some point um, but it hasn't yet so it's, it's not like transformative but it's really cool and like I said it's just totally wild to see a game Look this good, like the stylized art style just really lets them make it perform so well, and they just fill everything. The way that light hits things, it's really made me realize this, and actually playing Minecraft with ray tracing, just why like graphics and art people are so excited about ray tracing. Like that seems like the thing that is just going to continue to get better and better and better mm. as processing power increases, and it really like tricks your eye. It's just that subtle thing where like the way that light hits something as it's moving past it. You're just like, whoa, <laughs> like it just kind of mm-hmm. makes you do a double take. So it's a really delightful game. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, yeah,
1: I think it's fun. I played through the intro. It's it's cool. Um, yeah, I, I wish that my kid was old enough to play it because I would totally play with her. Mm-hmm. It seems very, very kid friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Maddie, what's your one more thing?
2: OK, so my one more thing is Bo Burnham, director, comedian. And I watched two different Bo Burnham projects last week before E3, which feels like a thousand years ago. And they were the movie Eighth Grade mm-hmm. and also his Netflix comedy special, which just came out and is called Inside. And people have probably seen a lot of movies. Is memes it a comedy it. special?
1: I don't know about Theoretically. comedy. Theoretically. <laughs> it certainly got
2: funny moments. And yes,
1: it does. It, but it's more of a. Bleak. I'm not
2: sure how else I would describe it. Did you watch it, Jason?
1: I did. I yeah. thought it was a little much for me.
2: Yeah, I would I don't disagree with you. So like I watched 8th grade first and I wish I had just stopped there because I mm. really loved it. Yeah. Eighth so 8th grade, eighth was grade great. is a movie. So I, yeah, I guess you saw it, Kirk. I was going to yeah. ask you too if you saw it. I I really recommend it. It's definitely dark, as is all of Bo Burnham's work in comedy. He's clearly like into rotating around a black hole mental health wise and just staring into it from time to time. And that's like just what his work is about. So you kind of have to be on board for that. It's just like there's a sort of sticker with content warning suicide on like everything he produces Mm -hmm. all the time. And you just kind of know that going in. Um, But Eighth Grade is all about a girl who's in eighth grade and her life. And Bo Burnham is not In it and in creating the movie, like he allowed the eighth graders or the kids, kid actors who were in the movie to improvise a lot and like have a lot of takes on how the movie proceeded. And it just feels super real and fresh. And I think, especially after watching Inside, that he actually seems a lot more comfortable making strong statements when they're not coming directly from him because Mm. so much of inside is nominally about his own mental health and like his struggles with suicide ideation during the pandemic and isolation and he writes songs about these things that are sort of funny but like sort of not funny and you're sort of worried about him but it seems almost as though looking directly at that stuff from his own perspective is just not, he seems glib at times I would say, because it's like you, you can never forget, or at least I can never forget that he's a millionaire and that he actually also has a wife who's off screen and he's never really all that isolated.
1: I was going to ask you about that. So inside is like the whole premise is that he's stuck in this little shitty like one one right. bedroom apartment or studio apartment that's like you can see the sink and the bed and he sleeps in it and stuff. But like he is a millionaire and clearly has a much bigger house than that. Like is this all just a charade this for the sake of the art or did he like lock himself in? This I mean thing or I don't what? know
2: but I assume it's a charade for the sake of the art and I don't see that as a bad thing. Like, charade has sort of a negative connotation, but I feel like it's more just a piece of art about the idea of being locked inside and being only connected to other people through the internet. But then at the very end, in the credits, he dedicates the movie to his wife. I don't know if you noticed that. They've been married since 2013. Seems like a healthy relationship, at least from the Mm -hmm. outside. So, like... I, I just kept thinking about that and I was like, I don't think it mean I don't think that if you're a millionaire it doesn't mean you don't still have, you know, suicide ideation or depression. Like it's not like those things just go away because you have access to mental health services and like connection and other other means that people don't have.
1: Especially during a pandemic when right. no matter how big but your house is, you still have to stay inside. That's
2: yeah. true, but it's also like Bo Burnham's experience of the pandemic was actually pretty different than a whole right. lot of people's, and that comparison doesn't really benefit him. But also the only person he could make art with kind of was himself during the pandemic. And he clearly made this so that he wouldn't totally lose it. He needed to do something. But I still felt like watching it was kind of weird and bad. And I was like, I don't know if this worked, especially after watching Eighth Grade, which I thought was so well done. So I really recommend it. It's on Hulu. Inside is on Netflix. But Eighth Grade of the two, I think really showed me that Bo Burnham could direct something really interesting about the internet and online culture and kids and how they perceive it. And inside like has its moments, but I don't know. It's kind of glib. That's my Mm -hmm. thought.
1: Nice. Cool. Good stuff. Um, Okay, cool. So my one more thing is a video game. So uh, a couple of months ago, I saw a thread on the message board Reset Era saying that this game is now... Etcetera, yes. That this game is now the top-rated game of all time on Metacritic. It has 100. It beats out The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time and uh, Grand Theft Auto and Pro, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, which is also up there. It's called The House in Feta Morgana and it was just released on the Switch in April. It had 100 on Metacritic with only 7 reviews, granted, but it's still at 100 on Metacritic. Now, since then, it's gone to 98. So anyway, since then, that game has been on my radar. I was like, iffy going back and forth, should I buy this? It's 4 bucks so I was like man for an indie game that's a little steep then finally decided to pull the trigger when I saw a colleague of mine Natalie Flores talking about how amazing it was so this game House in Feta Morgana is a visual novel and that is in the strictest sense of it it is only a book there's, there's I think I've made maybe like two choices over the course of like five six hours playing it. so it's mostly just reading and it is quite a ride my friends it is epic mm. so far I can see why it's so highly rated because it is quite the story um I won't get into super detail because uh, I have not finished it yet and I will probably talk about this again down the road. Um, But essentially it is it is uh, about this this giant mansion that is supposedly cursed. And you're, you kind of, you play as this guy who ha- has no recollection of who he is, but is apparently the master of this mansion. And you meet this maid who tells you these stories about other people in the mansion. And so, so far I've seen three of these stories and they're all like epic and heartbreaking and incredible. And they're like stories that jump around in time. One of them is like in the 1800s. Another of them is in the 1600s. And they tell these stories of like these people who have these horrible fates as a result of being part of the mansion and they're about like love and loss and betrayal and it's really really good you guys it's Mm. something Maddie especially you would really really like Um, the art like like I kind of bounced off the art at first, but have grown to really appreciate it. The The characters kind of look, have a kind of a strange look, but I've grown to really dig it. And yeah, man, I will talk more about this once I've finished it, once I've played a lot more, because I imagine there's a lot of like twists and turns and awesome stuff to come, but I am really into it so far. It's called The House in Fada Morgana. It's been out on PC for a while. Just came to Switch in April. So pretty recent release on Switch. And yeah, like I said, currently is a 98 on Metacritic. Nice. So, uh, it's as good as Ocarina we, of Time. We respect Number Metacritic four, all slavishly. Yes.
2: It's all we care about is Metacritic yeah. scores. So that's that matters. <laughs> but for real, though, it sounds cool. Yeah,
1: I will say, though, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the top 10 on Metacritic are pretty heavy hitters. It's yeah, like GTA sure. 4, Super Mario Galaxy, Red Dead 2. Um, Just a Ocarina list of time.
2: horrible games everybody hates. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, all right. That is it for this week's episode. Kirk, Maddie, see you both next time. See you both next
0: time. Bye. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod. Send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time.